And we're live. Welcome to Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs. My name is Mustafa Hosseini, your host for the show. At Daily Confidence, we share tips, actionable advice, and strategies for you to boost your confidence in different areas of your business on a daily basis. Uh, after the show and during the show, we do a, usually do a draw for gifts and for you to enter the draw. If you like the show, subscribe, comment, ask a question if you're watching the show live or even after uh, the show and or if you tag a friend that could benefit from the conversation that we're having you will enter your name into uh, the draw also if you subscribe to uh, whichever channel you're watching whether it's youtube twitter linkedin and whatnot follow me or like the show and do all that you enter your name into the draw so i have a great guest guest uh, uh dr elizabeth hughes and an amazing topic and topic is how to bring an entrepreneurial entrepreneurial mindset to health welcome elizabeth thank you it's so good to be here great to have you so i'm going to do the proper intro and then we're going to dive right into it so dr elizabeth hughes um, is a stanford trained dermatologist inventor author and coach with an out-of-the-box approach to health and well-being by blending her scientific training with holistic self-healing principles and her intuitive abilities, Dr. Hughes helps clients discover the root cause of their dis-ease, activate their inborn healing ability, and reverse symptoms of chronic illness. That is all great, and I can't wait to learn more about that. So, Elizabeth, uh, what is your story? How did you get into what you're doing these days? Yeah, so I am a totally and completely conventionally trained doctor. And, you know, I went through medical school, residency, and practiced like normal for probably 10, 12 years. And then I had a, a growing sense that there was something missing, something wrong, but I didn't know what it was until I had a patient who had a chronic skin disease um, heal. In three weeks, I mean, she'd been told this was not going to heal at all. It healed in three weeks when I accidentally landed on a belief that she held. She believed that she was too old. She was 83. She was too old for her skin to heal. And every doctor and every nurse that she'd ever seen for a very long time had told her her skin wasn't going to get better because she was too old. And I just something in me clicked that day. And I think I was sitting in front of her and I don't swear a whole lot. Uh, and I don't definitely don't in front of patients, but I think I said, well, that's bullshit. You know, like, of course you can heal. And she said, what? And, and so there were some reasons why I basically couldn't do anything for her at that moment. There was some skin allergy and I just needed to like soothe the skin with the least least irritating moisturizer for about three weeks. And three weeks later, she came back and this great big ulcer that was on her leg was gone. All of the eczema around it was gone. And, and, you know, and she was like, I don't think I did this right. I was like, oh yes, you did. Her body healed itself. And I, and I, you know, I had to stop and say, A, what's going on here? How did I do that? Or like, what was the interaction that occurred? And the big question is, why aren't all doctors doing this? I mean, this woman had spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on medical care to try to get this to heal. 
and I put I had her put moisturizer on it and think that she could heal and it went away. Right. So that led me to where I am now. Wasn't a straight line, but that's where I got. Interesting. So who do you serve these days and what do you do for them? So I work with anybody who wants to have a really different experience of their health and what it feels like to live in their body. So a lot of people have gotten to the point where they think illness is normal. So it's not a specific type of person in terms of an illness or a condition because your body is constantly healing itself anyway. So if you want to turn that healing properties on and tackle whatever it is, the, I've got the approach to it. Got it. Got it. Um, every, every time we talk about mindset, uh, I, I am always interested to talk about mindset and yeah. what it does. And I'm really fascinated by stories of when a, a mindset change fixes a, an illness. Right. Of different kinds, back pain, skin disease, heartache, all sorts of different stuff that, you know, is associated with mindset. So I, I really cannot wait to dig more. Okay. So how can entrepreneurial mindset help with health? What is the, the, the relationship there? Yeah. I, uh, so entrepreneurs see a big picture of something that's not there right now, but say it should be. I want that. I want that to be there. I want to bring that into the world. And usually entrepreneurs face a whole lot of, no, it's impossible. You can't do that. Nobody's done that before. And all of those, those no's and reasons why it's not going to work. And yet an entrepreneur is going to keep going and knows the big vision is successful. Well, there's not that much difference between that and a person, let's say, who's been diagnosed with, uh, you know, a stroke, let's say, and is told, you know, you'll never walk again. And the people who do walk again are the people who say, no, I'm going to walk again. I'm going to figure this out and have that same drive and see the same vision and go after it with focus. Not to say that it's going to be easy. It's not, you know, it's never easy, but there, that is the sort of mindset that uh, I can grow. I can change, I can overcome the odds. And entrepreneurs have to have that. And people who have the extraordinary healing experiences have that as well. Interesting, so that's the ability to create a vision, to see something that doesn't exist and then basically right. live into it or walk right. into it and make and it happen. I call it being the CEO of your health. And, you know, and entrepreneurs are CBOs. I mean, they may be solopreneurs, but, you know, like you have that sort of big picture, this can happen vision. You can do the same thing for your health. Interesting. So what's the, how does, how does changing the way we think change or affect the body functions and uh -huh. what happens in the body? And what is the relationship there? Because some people think that it's not maybe related and. What's the connection? Yeah, yeah, all right. So this might be a little long, so, and pause if I get a little too technical. All good. All right. Dumb, dumb it down for us, will you? Okay. <laughs> I will, I will. <laughs> well, so here's the first big principle you have to think about. When you have a thought or have an emotion, it is a biochemical shift in your body. So the difference between I can 
and I can't. It's not just a thought bubble that's out here. It makes a change within your body. And those changes depend on what, well, those changes usually signal one of the two main, um, what I want to call like nervous system control systems, that there is the fight or flight response, which every time you say, I can't, it's hard, it's not going to happen, it's impossible, the fight or flight automatically goes on. You don't think you're frightened, but it's turning on versus I can, it's going to happen for me, it's going to work. That turns on what I call the restore and repair response. There are, there are technical names for these. And, and only one of these can be on at a time. And your body, if you want to get better, has to be in that restore and repair response. And the, more than any pill, more than any procedure, more than any diet, the thing that really turns that turns that restore and repair on is what you're thinking and how you're feeling. What, what you're thinking and how you're feeling about what you're thinking. And that's your key. So what you're thinking and how you're feeling about what you're thinking. Yeah. Tell us more about that. What do you mean by that? Well, and here's, um, okay. So if I, let's say, have a great, you know, because I invent things and I've got, you know, a skincare product line coming, coming soon. So I, you know, like I have this, this idea of a skincare product and there's all these reasons why it shouldn't work. Nobody's ever done it before. Where's the science? You know, like, you know, shouldn't you just be letting, you know, scientists take, like researchers take care of this? So I can think all of those things and I can say, okay, I guess that's right. I guess I can, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, you collapse into that uh, I can't mode. Or you can say, just because nobody's done it before doesn't mean it can't be done. This is a really good idea. It is worth my time and my investment uh, to make it happen. And boy, oh boy, is it going to help people. Um, so <laughs> it's again, um, yeah, so it's kind of like, um, well, go, go ahead and ask a question. I think I think I might like wax a little too long there. If I keep going. no, that's good. Not that uh, um, perfect. So I, I have experienced that when I'm stressed out, usually I get sick. Yes. And what are some examples of some subconscious beliefs that create illness? Wow, they're all over the place. Some of them are specifically health-related, things like cancer runs in my family. Everyone in my family is overweight. Uh, my father died of a heart attack. It's inevitable. Uh, the, doctor, uh, the doctor told me this is chronic and it won't cure. It can't be cured. So those are health-related ones. And these are things that we just don't question. They're almost like um, grandma wisdom that we just don't say like, wait, is that really right? You know, the truth of the matter is cancer really doesn't run in families. And people go like, what? Because most of our cancers are not controlled by our genes. And you can manipulate your genes anyway when you do this work. Like, What about a heart disease or diabetes? Or oh, yeah. Totally and completely changeable. Totally. Really? Yes. And um, I know, I know this is going to go a little off topic. Can I go off topic? Cause I was going to yeah, talk absolutely. about the other. So let me, let me, let me tell you something. Um, um, 
about the same time as the woman who had the skin condition that healed spontaneously. I also was reading the uh, Journal of the American Medical Association, JAMA. And every every week or every month when it comes out, they have a little like medical history thing. And I love history. I think it's really interesting. And that same time, right about the same time, uh, I was reading that history thing. And it was about a condition called Cushing's disease. Uh, Harvey Cushing, doctor in 1912 or something like that, determined this type of disease that basically releases stress hormones into the body. And the, the historical part was it described the first patient he ever diagnosed with Cushing's disease. And she was a young woman who was obese, had acne, had diabetes, had muscle weakness, got sick all the time, had stretch marks, couldn't get pregnant, didn't get her periods. And I was like, those that's who I saw this morning. And so in a hundred years, basically, we've gone from a situation where this combination of, of symptoms was completely abnormal to something and, and worth writing up, worth naming as something to a situation where this is like seen on a daily basis by doctors. And, all of, and all of that and all of it is the release of the stress hormones. So that heart disease, the diabetes, the weight, all of that is related to this fight or flight being revved up all the time. And despite the comforts of the modern world, we're drowning in stress and we don't realize mm -hmm. that. And that brings me to the other thoughts, like the subconscious beliefs that cause uh, illness. You can have beliefs about your job. You can have beliefs about your, you know, relationships. You're know, like, you know, my boss hates me. He's out to get me. If I'm late, I'm going to be fired. You know, <laughs> like I'm, you know, like my neighbors hate me. All of those, anything that you say, I'm not safe because blank, that's going to trigger the stress response. Got it. Give me one second. I'm going to adjust the lighting. I got too much light on my face. I'll be, give me one sec. Yeah, of course. All right. So here's a question I have for you. And, I, and this is like a perfect example of, I think what you brought up. Uh, my dad has diabetes. Mm -hmm. My, uh, my, from my mom's side, my grandpa died of a stroke because of high sugar levels. Mm -hmm. And so in my mind, I'm like, all right, this probably runs in my family. And so what I did, I started cutting down on sugar and I started fasting like a few days a week uh, to control my sugar levels. And I'm like, you know what? It's not going to happen to me. <laughs> that is definitely not, I, I'm, I'm not going to, uh, you know, uh, be sick and I don't want any medication. I, one of my personal goals is to ski well past 90. Right. So I'm like, I probably got to start now because I got another 50 years ahead of me. So, <laughs> so <laughs> right, I got to right, do that. Right. So what do you say is the solution to that mindset change? Like, so, well, you did it. So you, that is the key. Whenever you you have someone who makes that that a shift like this is they decide I'm going to have something different. I'm going to have something different than my family had. I'm going to have something different than my genes say I should or that the doctor says I should or that the statistics say I should. And, um, and then you make the changes. But here's the thing. And this is why many weight loss 
doesn't weight loss doesn't work is that if you have a person who says, okay, I'm going to fast, I'm going to watch my sugar, I'm going to do whatever it is you're doing, and they still in the background of their mind think, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to have diabetes, I'm going to have a stroke, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to live, I'm not going to be able to ski. They don't have that in their mind. The body literally processes any food they eat, uh, any medication they take completely differently. It's like a totally different pathway. There's the stress pathway that I talked about. And we metabolize differently. It's almost like we live in a different body or it's like running between, let's say, uh, you know, 120 volt and 220 volt, like you're in Europe or you're in North America. Like, like, so it just different environment, different environment. And, and we create that environment largely by, as I said earlier, what we think and how we feel about what we think. Okay. I have a couple of questions. First one, we talked about um, stress and the stress hormones. Right. And is there a way to get, let's say that somebody has been stressing out uh, all their life. That's just their pattern. They get stressed on. They, they worry so much. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to get rid of those stress hormones that are all built up in the body and they show up on the skin and in your joints and, you know? Yeah. So, yes, it's not instant, though. So okay. that's where the thing happens. All right, another little tip that I should tell you. Your body completely replaces itself about every seven years. Every seven years you are completely, including the things that we don't think we replace, like Like your teeth and bones and stuff? Bones completely replace themselves. Teeth don't, but brain does, heart does. We grow a new liver one to two times a year. Every single solitary protein and fat inside of a cell is completely regenerated. Even if you don't like, you know, totally redo it. There is nothing new. Uh, there, excuse me. There's nothing that lingers. There's nothing old. So you've built a body based on the stress hormones. It will take a little while to see your new body not based on stress hormones, but you have to, but once you turn them off, give it time and you will have a new body based on lack of stress hormones. Interesting. So I, I personally did a couple of years of reading and studying uh, on uh, fasting Yeah. and how there's this uh, autophagy process that start rebuilding and redoing and repairing stuff. Do you believe in that? Is there something that it might be related to what we talk about today? Um, so I don't know that there is necessarily in terms of stress. What I do know is that high caloric intake in like mite rats and mice and things like that is related to shorter lifespan. And having a decreased calorie intake is related to longer lifespan. And I don't know if anybody quite knows what it is, uh, you know, exactly why that is. Is it that the products of metabolism or having too much to metabolize all at once is a, you know, a really, really subconscious stress? Like, oh, I've got all this food, I've got to eat it. And like all of a sudden your body is just, you know, having to work overtime. I don't know, but there is lots and lots of experimental data on animals that show that 
calorie restriction does lead to longevity. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Right. And so there's something, but again, there's something to it. So if you're fasting and sitting here and saying, I can't believe I'm fasting. I hate fasting. This makes me feel awful. You know, like then you're about having bad effect. We are having a bad effect. But if you fast and you say, this is something that's going to help me and you enjoy it and you, you know, you deal with it. And I've fasted, you know, on and off. And it just sort of re resets your relationship to the experience of hunger which is super helpful. Like, so you don't get, I mean, that's the thing. Hangry, when you get the angry part of hungry, you know, the hungry, angry, that angry stress hormones. So fasting, if nothing else, like helps you to unlink the emotion from the physical sensation. So you don't go into stress because you're angry. Interesting. Yeah, I I, I read so much on, on, on clinical trials and, all sorts of stuff, but through with fasting that I actually started fasting two days a week. Yeah. Sometimes I actually fast almost the entire week. Like I, 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 I don't eat breakfast now. Mm-hmm. I have lunch and uh, you know dinner, and most days I skip lunch too, and I just have water and tea, or just black coffee in them. Uh, and when I fast, I just, I just feel so much better. My brain works, and I, it, yeah. I have this clarity. I can right. I can physically and mentally feel the increase in the capacity of my brain. Right. I come up with like new ideas and the, the way I talk changes and I, I, I know it. It's it's fascinating. Well, you know, along those lines, uh, and, and this is me thinking off the seat of my pants here, but when you eat a big meal, all, much of your blood flow needs to go to your intestines in order to, you know, help the intestines work, process the food, carry the nutrients away. And, and you, like, if you can trace the blood flow, you'll see it all goes to the intestines. Well, we've got a limited amount of blood flow. And so it's got to come from somewhere. And 25% of our resting metabolic energy goes to our brains. 25%. So 25%. That's like the engine or the second engine, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. And so like the other 75 is for everything else, but 25% of the oxygen consumption happens up here. And so if you're sending all of the, uh, the blood flow away from here, yes, you are not Love going to it. think as clearly. And actually, the body's really smart because the first thing it turns off because you don't quote unquote need it is that critical thinking part. It'll keep the you know heartbeat steady part going, but it'll turn off the creative thinking. Absolutely. So some people think that if they 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 exercise and they're on diet, they'll they'll be healthy. Is that enough? Why or why not? Yeah. Um, Well, all I'd say is all you have to do is look at the statistics for how many people have been on a diet and are on a diet and how many gym memberships there are, and then compare with the actual health that people are experiencing. And you'll realize there's a disconnect. And uh, so much of it is that motivation, drive, vision, and belief that it's going to make a difference. You know, going through with it and going to the gym, even if you say, I don't think this is doing anything for me because, you know, just like being an entrepreneur, the change is around the corner and you don't know unless you show up. Right. It's like you're finding, trying to find a way to make it not work. Right. Well, and the other thing, obviously it's not going to work. Right. And here's another thing about the entrepreneurial spirit. Entrepreneurs are used to um, working 
not necessarily having instant results. You know, like that's not exactly like we we know that it takes a little bit more, but a lot of people with their health want to take a pill and have it be like that or go to the gym for a week and you like get buff or whatever it is. It's not necessarily a quick thing. That doesn't mean it's unpleasant. That doesn't mean it's going to be difficult over the long term. It's just a different way of feeling in your body and living and just having this lived experience. Interesting. So at the end of the day, um, so is diet and exercise enough for a healthy lifestyle or nope. it's not? No. I, do, I do not believe it. it what, is, what is the missing piece there? So diet, exercise, what else must I have to be healthy? Um. Okay. <laughs> what else must you have? So... Um, I, if I were going to say, I'm going to give you two musts, there's a few others, but you need to have um, relationships. Believe it or not, relationships can have as much effect on your blood pressure, your glucose, your weight as actually diet and exercise can. So good interpersonal relationships, and I know this is a little off topic for what we were talking about, but that's key. People don't recognize it. Loneliness, isolation also triggers that stress response. So you need to have that. And if I were going to choose something, you know, I'd, I'd choose a good friend first, you know, like personally. And, and the second thing you need is, again, that, that belief that I can change, that, that absolute belief that I can change. And uh, that can be harder to get than people realize. In fact, with the clients I work with, that's where we start. And oftentimes that's the thing that people are most resistant to is like, but, 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 I don't but. Want to <laughs> right. Well, but you know, these, these stress hormones and, and the thoughts and the uh, emotions, the, the, that whole little ball of stuff becomes almost addictive. Like you just said, you're looking for reasons why it's not going to work that gives you this little hit of, you know, the stress hormone, even though you don't really want it, you feel a little better for a moment. We're all adrenaline junkies, really, is what it is. It's just, we're not getting it in a good way. More bungee jumping, less, hmm. less stressing. <laughs> um, I'm just taking notes here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so here's a, a question I have for you. All these stress hormones or AKA poisons that our body produces. Yes. Does it stay in the body or does it get discharged? It gets discharged. 100%? Yes. So all of them get discharged, but the effects, like the cells that they turn on, you know, may turn on and you, you might flip a switch that then takes, you know, hours to turn off. The thing about it is, the average person has about 40 incidents that induce the stress response every day. And so even if it takes, let's say, an hour and a half to two hours to completely wash all of the stress hormones out, by the time you have it, you know, you'll have another, you know, stress response, another, you know, 30 minutes later, it, it seems like you're not getting rid of them. And, and I'll give a really specific uh, you know, idea that doesn't really go for entrepreneurs, but let's, let's just think about it this way. Let's say you have a boss that you really don't like, and you're in a job you don't like, 
And as you get to your drive to work, you think, oh, if I'm late and the traffic's bad, I'm going to get fired, but you need the job. So stress response, right? Right there. And then you get in and you have an email from your boss and stress response because you don't like your boss. And then your boss walks by and, you know, it seems to be grumpy. Oh, no, it's going to be really worse at that meeting later. Stress response. And, and so it happens over and over again. And we don't, we no longer have the stress response only and uh, only because there's something like a fire or a car accident. This, these low-level um, dissatisfying situations, they trigger it just as much as um, you know being in the fire, you know, like having the fire alarm go, and we don't recognize it. When I so that's what I say. We're living in a sea of stress that we don't recognize. That's that's what's going on. All right. So how do we how do we go about recognizing and then? Um, okay. L- let me rephrase the, my question. Yeah. I'm stressed out. It's a habit. It, that's how I I I, I operate. Mm-hmm. I have some bad on sub- subconscious beliefs about myself, my environment, what I do, and the rest of it. Where do I go from here? I want to I want to change. I want to make a shift. Okay. What's some action items that I need to do? Well, I'll tell you where I start with people when I'm working with them is I have some specific exercises that help them to, I call it remembering what it feels like to feel healthy. So it's sort of a meditation on, but not just the clearing the head, but remembering what it feels like that feeling in the body. Um, and and you work on it in... Um, in sort of isolation on your own uh, for a while until you can really bring it to mind right away. Like, like, and then you start to be able to look around in your life and you say, okay, between nine and 10, I didn't feel like that at all. <laughs> between 10 and 11, all right, I had half an hour when I felt okay. Uh, you know, between 11 and 12, Nope, didn't feel like it at all. And so then you start to watch where how much it is in your life. And it's that awareness first, but you have to know what you're looking for. So hmm. start by recultivating that and then looking at where it is through your day. And then we start to break down like, okay, what was going on when that didn't when you when you lost that feeling? How did it go? Why? And then I have this way of digging down and let's go and find the bottom of it. Got it. Wow. Uh, you just confirmed and reaffirmed a few things that I've learned. Okay. Uh, one is to review and visualize your goals every day. Yes. And we talked about it at the beginning of our episode today when you said the entrepreneurs have the ability to imagine something that doesn't exist. And so to me, whether it's health, whether it's wealth, whether it's your business, your environment, perfect relationship. Yeah. Exactly. If we visualize it, then we're going to walk right into it, and and then uh, that 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 was really really important. The other thing was you, you mentioned was keeping track of what's happening. I guess, and in, in management principles, every time that uh, I think uh, Peter Drucker is the management guru, is it Peter Drucker? Drucker sounds familiar. Yeah. Anyway, he says every time things are not going well start tracking and writing down things that you do throughout the day and track your activities for a week, then you'll know what's wrong. Right. And so in this, would it be tracking your feelings or what would it be if we're writing down every hour of what I'm going through? 
Um, so it might be tracking the feelings and the circumstances that brought up the feelings. So, you know, uh, you know, I, you know, my boss made me upset, you know, over and over again. And then sometimes there's a, a thought along with it. I have to take, you know, I have to be in this job, but I hate it, you know, or something along that. So there's it's feelings first and then the thoughts that are back there. Absolutely. Good, good, good. Anything you'd like to add to to that? I, I feel like that's such an important, important thing that yes. we, yeah. this is an awareness. Yes. Awareness. Yeah. That's keyword awareness. <laughs> right, right. And, and knowing that it, you know, you don't have to live with it, which is, can I go off on a little bit of a tangent? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It's part of my beef with mindfulness as it's practiced, especially for doctors. I work with doctors as well who are burned out and want to have a different professional experience. And a lot of doctors are taught to be mindful. And I taught practice mindfulness for years. And it was like, I am miserable. I am miserable. I am miserable. I'm aware that I'm miserable. I'm mindful. Of. And, and it was just like, like, no, it can change. So that's the, the vision part. You don't have to stay miserable and accept your misery and be grateful that you're less miserable than someone else. Be, get out there, make the decision. This is not going to be my reality from the future. Hmm. So what's the biggest message that you want people to, um, take away and remember from our conversation? What you think and how you feel really does change how your body works. Our bodies respond to that. It's not our, our how we feel, you know, it's not our bodies that create it necessarily. We are creating our bodies by what we think, how we feel, how we relate to our environment, how we relate to our passion and purpose, all of that. Love it. Love it, love it. Here's a question that came up that I think it's important to ask. Yeah. Um, what are some mistakes that business owners or people make around health and mindset? Yes. Feeling like you have to work yourself to the point of illness in order to succeed. Hmm. That's, and that is, I, I get it. I mean, I totally and completely get it, but my life, just everything started turning around when I started to put my health and well-being first. And I'm not going to say I'm perfect because it's, it can be a challenge, but, um, you know, but that is where I have to be. My energy has to be right first, because if it's not right, nothing else I'm going to do is right. I'll be sh sloppy, shoddy work. I'll forget things, scatterbrained. I got to be on my game. And so that's got to come first. Love it. Love it. Love it. Now, uh, you're sharing a gift with us uh, and it's called Self-Healing Secret Guide. Could you please tell us about it? Yeah. So I talk about some of what we've talked about today, sort of six or seven, I can't remember how many tips I have in there, six or seven tips about how the body actually heals itself so that you understand the biology around it. This should be basic biology that's taught in like middle school. We should be learning this stuff. <laughs> Love it. So gang, if you wanted to download self-healing secrets guide, visit elizabethhughesmd.com. 
And then uh, what are they going to see in there, Elizabeth, uh, on your website? What do they need to click on to uh, get access to this? It's just, I think it's a line that just says, send, you know, I want the free guide or send me the free guide. Just okay. right okay. above then, the fold in, <laughs> in magazine terms. Got it. <laughs> All right. So above the fold, click on uh, get the free guide and uh, she will send it, send it over to you. Yeah. Uh, beauty. Uh, question for you. What are your favorite books that have made a massive difference in your business or in your life? Yes. Okay. Um, probably the one that I, okay, so there are a couple. I do love Dr. Joe Dispenza's You Are the Placebo. I think that's amazing. Uh, another one, uh, there's, I'm going to give two others, uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton's uh, The Biology of Belief. And Dr. Larry Dossey's Reinventing Medicine. Um, I love that book so much. And, you know, he wrote that book right about the time I finished med school and I didn't learn any of it. <laughs> was it the last one was Reinventing Medicine? Yeah, Dossey, D-O-S-S-E-Y, Larry Dossey, and it's Reinventing Medicine. I think that's the name of it. Love it. Yeah. You're, you're the placebo Joe Dispenza. I really like what Joe, Joe Dispenza is up to. Yeah, I watched. I've watched a few of um, uh, of his videos, and I really like what he does. Yeah, I love what he does. I there is there's an application piece that he's missing. You know, we that maybe that's a conversation for another time. But there's 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 a missing thing there uh, that he doesn't do that I know. Um, um, I know for all of the millions of books that he sold that are sitting on shelves, we should see a lot more health than we are. And that's because there's just like one extra thing that <laughs> needs to happen. Beauty. Now, um, if you had a Facebook ad or a Google ad where everyone on the planet could see. Yes. What would your message be? My message would be, you do not have to accept the health that you think you are destined to have. Like that, that would be it. You have the power to change your biology. I'm just typing down. You do not have to accept the health that you think you're destined to have. That, I like that. What's one piece of advice that you received that made a massive difference for you? <laughs> It was not really advice. It was negative advice, <laughs> to be All perfectly right, honest with you. Um, so uh, this goes way back. It's my dad. When I told him I was going to major, I'm a, I'm a geek. I knew I wanted to go to medical school, but I decided I was going to major in classics, ancient uh, Greek and Roman history and language. I just, you know, I didn't want to spend my entire life in a lab. And my father said, you're not going to go anywhere with that. And I said, watch me. <laughs> and then what happened and then i you know got into med school and you know and got into you know did my residency at the best place probably you know not on the planet but a really good place and was a professor and now um and then i've taken that advice for myself you know along the way it's like i think i need to leave conventional medicine you know, you're not going to get anywhere. Watch me. <laughs> That's what they said uh, when you said you want to leave the conventional medicine. Oh, yeah. They said I, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. 
that's my problem with conventional medicine as well. Right. Oh, it's, this is, yeah. Here's my problem. Yeah. Okay. My problem is a lot of conventional medicine tries to fix everything through drugs. It's like, you have this problem, here's a drug. You have that problem, here's a drug. Here's a problem, even if I don't have a drug, I'll come up with a drug for that. I'm like, there's probably other ways. And I'm not against drugs, but I'm saying, don't drug everything up and like try to fix everything. Look at the world through the drug hole. And, you know, that's my problem with that. Yeah. And, and I could go, I could wax on and on, but all I'll say on that one to make it real short, follow the money. And doctors mm. are actually at this point where they're caught uh, between basically getting an education that is funded by drug companies and mm -hmm. therefore directed by drug companies. And exactly. doctors don't recognize it. And this is why so many doctors are so unhappy because they know there's something else they're supposed to be doing, but they've basically been brainwashed for lack of a better word. I mean, it's, it's just so intensive, the training for so long that they can't see beyond the blinders that they've got. Do you think that might have something to do with the fact that they rank number one for suicides? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, doctors and, and they can't see their way out. So if you know any doctors who are, you know, on the edge, I definitely I about about 40 percent of the clients I work with are doctors, nurses, dentists, health professionals, psychiatrists, psychologists. I work with them. Yeah. So I'm, uh, you know. Take your doctor out to lunch one time as a friend, not a patient. And you're like, if they're, if they're at their wits end, there's help. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, I know a few doctors, so I'll send them your way if, yeah. if uh, I come across any issues. Okay. I, and, you, and, you know, I don't have any problem doing that. Because what happened was, if I see someone that has a problem and needs help, I offer help, and if they don't take it, I if if needed, I would drag them to a doctor's office to to get help. Because that's how I lost my grandpa. That's my personal story. Oh. My my grandpa had high um uh, what you might call it high sugar levels. Right. And everyone kept telling him, "Oh, you got to go check with the doctor." And he's like, "Oh no, I'm good. I'm only eating fruits." That's his way of self medicating, right? Next thing you know, he got a stroke, and he was done. Yeah. And then um, now I'm like, if I could, if I see someone that doesn't look good, I offer help. And if I really like and know and trust them, I would physically pick them up, take <laughs> them to the doctor. Be like, <laughs> you need to live. And I'm not going to let you go that easily. Anyway. Well, yeah, good for you. I mean, really, honestly, good for you because it's that, it's that care. I mean, we were talking about isolation and loneliness and the relationships. That makes a big difference. Just yeah. that degree of care makes a big difference. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't care if you hate me now. <laughs> I'm sure you'll probably thank me later, but you can call me any any you know any little words that you want. But right. as long as you 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 know you're healthy and you're good, I'm good. Right. Um, Elizabeth, is there anything you want to add? Anything that we didn't talk about? No, I think we've been super thorough. This has been great fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's great to have you. I really like uh, uh um having conversations about mindset. I, I love it. Some of, uh, uh, I'm sure you know about it. Uh, Psycho Cybernetics is my, one of my favorite books. Yes. I love that. Yes. Love the book. I, I was one of the books. There are two books that I've read. This is one of the books that I read the book and I was high on the information that I was reading. I was walking around the house. I was like, 
oh my god this is so good <laughs> yeah so i really love talking about mindset so anything you'd like to add no no thank no. you other than my gratitude for being here thank you thank you for having uh, uh, or being here i really like the information you shared gang uh, if you're watching or listening later uh, if you want to get access to elizabeth or uh, download her gift self-healing secrets guide uh visit elizabeth hughes md.com and you can download the book i'm sure if, if they google your name uh, it will pop right up and uh, you could download and get a hold of her and if you know someone that needs help with their mindset and their health whether they're doctors or they're entrepreneurs she's the girl to talk to and you know you go from there thank you for joining us my name is mustafa hosseini and this was episode 51 of the daily confidence for entrepreneurs and i look forward to seeing you on our next episode. Bye now.